Hey, this is uh, Jeremy Thone, Marketing Director of 3PL Systems and host of 3PL Live. I'm excited to share a story of two cousins, Kennedy Mutetsi and Dixon Wambua of CloudSight. They came here from Kenya, Africa, with barely any money and were able to start a really cool supply chain software company. The two interviewed over 100 different customers using the i program for the National Science Foundation to discover what people were looking for in the supply chain. Anyways, it's a really interesting story. I hope you enjoy. How did you guys get into logistics? How did you guys start CloudSight? I'd, I'd love to hear kind of your, your story. Yeah, so the way we got into uh, really supply chain and manufacturing is I'll kind of give you uh, my backstory. Like since, you know, I've been young, you know, I was always tinkering around with things. Whenever I got toys from my parents, I always, you know, open them up and try to put them together. Sometimes, you know, it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. I, I was always fascinated by how things are made. So mm-hmm. when I come off, came of age and after college, that's when I decided to go into manufacturing. I started with consumer electronics. Over time, I've been doing for the last close to 10 years now, helping companies build great supply chains, efficient supply chains. That's where it all began. And the idea of CloudSite was really amplifying what I'm able to do, CloudSite, right? You know, I'm able to help a lot more people than just one company. It's all about just democratizing, you know, manufacturing. Uh, we want to demystify the idea of making products. And, and so that's, that's really the idea from um, how CloudSight came about. Wow, that's pretty cool. I love the fact that you were a tinker. I have a lot of friends like that that like to, you know, break things and build things. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. So how, were you guys... Uh, when you guys found CloudSight, did you were you were you in the manufacturing segment as well, or it's it's an can we actually go back. What what exactly does CloudSight do? It's an ERP, correct? Yes. So CloudSight, it's more than an ERP, and we are really trying to do what an ERP was supposed to be doing. Uh, we help connect manufacturers and their contract suppliers around the world. So. We eliminate the constant use of emails to communicate uh, because emails are just siloed. They are not necessarily very efficient systems, especially when you're working with teams. CloudSight, we're able to get companies to work from just one platform where they're able to accomplish all these things, um, including like collaboration and executing the entire supply chain, right? It's from when we look at supply chain, we're thinking from sourcing, right? You find their suppliers, then you place those purchase orders and they go through production and they're shipped to you. So we help companies through the entire process. And, and, and like it's a really great product uh, that companies are finding um, a lot of uh, useful benefits from it. Oh, that's very cool. How long have you guys been working on the project? So we've been working on the project for the last one and a half years. Uh, that was really building the platform because it takes a long time to build uh, a sophisticated problem like, uh, mm-hmm. like Yeah, it took us one and a half years. We just launched in December. We have we started with pre-pilot in December, but since then we've added many many other customers and they're, they're loving it. Oh, that's amazing. So what's your guys' role? You guys are both co-founders and your brothers as well. Is that correct? 
Uh, actually, so I'm the CEO and co-founder here. Uh, Dixon is the CEO and he's also the co-founder uh, and we're cousins. Oh, cousins. Got it. Yeah, that's that's super yeah. cool. We yeah. have a long story here and Dixon can tell you about the story. Yeah. Are you guys- I'll introduce myself. Uh, my name is Dixon uh, Wambua and I'm based in Atlanta. I'm co-founder at CloudSite and the chief operating officer. So just a little bit about me and my background, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be an engineer. I was inspired by Kennedy's dad because Kennedy's dad is a civil engineer. And so him being close to us uh, growing up in Kenya, I, I really wanted to be like him. And I really wanted to go to engineering school and build stuff. When I went to college, it didn't happen that I go for engineering. Instead, I went, did a degree in chemistry. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so what happened is that immediately after my uh, chemistry degree, I went into, uh, to work for a company that was manufacturing uh, cooking oil. So we were manufacturing uh, cooking oil and soap in the thousands of tons in a day. So that's where I got exposed to manufacturing in the first place because we were receiving raw oil and th that is mainly um, corn oil or sunflower oil or soybean oil and uh, palm oil from Malaysia and some mm -hmm. of it from in the country and refining that and making goods out of it and distributing throughout uh, Africa, actually. It was one of the biggest uh, manufacturing companies in the country. But then after two or three years, I got a little bit disinterested in, in manufacturing and I went into banking finance. When I was working for the bank, uh, I got into a very interesting unit, which was looking at uh, businesses that were applying for loans, evaluating them for how well they could be capable of repaying back. Mm. So that was an interesting role that, that, you know, I was able to be exposed to what really business finance is all about and how to use capital efficiently. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I worked in banking and finance for a little bit. And then 2007, Kennedy and I thought that it was a very good idea to leave the country and come to the United States. So we both left the same week and uh, we came to the U.S. Uh, to school. He went to Florida and I went to UNC Greensboro. So I did my master's there, my PhD there, and started working in North Carolina in a small lab uh, over there. Worked there for a few uh, years, and then I got tapped by the CDC to come and help with some of the very important uh, tasks that they had going on here in Atlanta. So oh, wow. some very challenging um, projects that um, were going on here that had uh, international interest and public health interest uh, that were very urgent at that time. So I got tapped to come and help with that. So basically it was planning and making sure that the logistics uh, and strategy for taking care of those projects was done right. So that's that's what I got in. Oh, so wow. Of time, I've had this experience in management, huge projects, uh, a lot of times international projects. And I also had that background in uh, manufacturing. So when Kennedy was done with school, he went into manufacturing. And, you know, he had all these issues and problems and you know, we would meet on a regular basis and talk about Know, challenges in our work areas. And so over time, he developed the, the, this idea of cloud site and being able to make the supply chains efficient. And that is how this got started. And then I joined him. Yeah, you have an interesting background in, in science, which is really interesting. And then science and engineering is what it sounds like. So 
how tell me a little bit about like how how long did it start to actually get this thing going once you guys actually had the idea was it like right away when you started kind of working on it like when when did you guys have that moment like we're gonna do this yeah so that's that's very interesting because when i got the idea i think it took me around five months to just prepare and that's when I was just doing uh, initial research, looking into supply chain. Is there something or is there a company that is doing this? And the great thing is on my, in my role, these companies have been involved in looking for softwares that can help with supply chain. I already knew what we were struggling with, what companies struggle with. And it was hard to find a system that can help really like solve those problems. Took me around four to five months. Think about the idea, iron it out, pull the strings to actually start doing it. And it was a big step. I knew when yeah. I do something, I want to finish it. Quit. It's great because you know it ended up being something big, and we made the right decision. I believe when I started working on it, it was around two to three months when we brought in Dixon, and he came in as also a co-founder. The journey started there. What were some of those problems that you were having when you were looking for software? Like what were some of the main problems that you were, you were looking at solving with CloudSite that you found in the market? I might get in trouble with this, uh, but a lot of softwares are really written by software developers. People that decide to tackle, let's say supply chain, but they really don't have a background in supply chain. Mm-hmm. So out, they talk to people in supply chain most of the time they might be talking to VPs in supply chain uh, or CEOs in supply chain. The thing with that is those people don't really necessarily get to handle the real supply chain, like the nitty of what's really going on. Fortunate enough to work as inventory management, uh, demand planning, most of those years that I've been working professionally, uh, I've been a demand planner and it's a very cross-functional role where you're working with the finance team to look at their budget, make sure that you can commit to that, and working with sales team to make sure that you can, you meet their demand, and working in operations. You get to see everything that is happening in supply chain. You get to see everything that is happening in the company as a, as a whole, and your driving force of uh, any company. I saw the issues that we were having where there was a lot of silos to be. A lot of companies just operate. In, in silos, like when you're using emails, you're the only one that has access to those emails. When you're sending emails to your supplier, I have that information, although some, sometimes it's really, really good information, files that are being sent back and forth between me and the supplier, but my other team can't see it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a challenge that we needed to solve because a lot of times other team members would be coming to, to me to ask for information. That took a lot of time. In supply chain, we talk about how analysts, it takes you around 80% of your time looking for data and information because it, it's all over. It's in emails, uh, it's in you know segregated systems. And, and so we wanted to really unify everything in a single place. That makes total sense to me. How long did it take you guys to get your uh, first customer? Do you guys remember the first customer? Could, it, could we talk about that? Do you remember when you first closed the, the first deal and you're like, actually, this is a real business now? Sure, yeah. So, so just to add on the point of data silos that uh, Kennedy brought up before I tell you sure. about our first customer. You know, it's, it's really the fundamental problem is that 
75% of the data that a company really needs to make important decisions comes from outside the company itself. And this is uh, things to do with details from the supplier, for example, cut files that are coming from designers in a different uh, company or things like that. And all this information is coming into the company through emails and through shared files. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of opens up for, you know, opportunities for risk, like miscommunications, mis- uh, incomplete data, and in some cases, fraud where emails are hacked, right? Mm-hmm. Where we do a very good job is bringing the supplier, for example, and the manufacturer onto the same platform. When that happens, what it does is that it completely eradicates the need for an email because if the supplier and the manufacturer are working as a single team, there's no need to exchange emails, rather their internal messages that are on a single platform. So CloudSite becomes like a one-stop shop for the manufacturers to collaborate on things like development of new products and purchase orders and communication with the suppliers and analytics and all data is in the same place. So coming to your question about how we got our first customer, I was in a, in a SOCAP meeting. SOCAP is one of those, uh, this year it was online, but it's, it's an organization that, you know, social capital that puts together VCs and angel investors and startups. Mm-hmm. So we're there just introducing ourselves. And I just pitched, like I just told you, that you can get a one-stop shop for all your needs as a manufacturer and still be able to collaborate with your supplier. And, and one lady who was on there, she was like, yeah, that's exactly what we've been looking for. I told her, yeah, oh, of course, let's exchange emails. Boom, just like that. Wow. That's amazing. So are, so are your customers uh, usually the manufacturer or the supplier or, they could, or could they be potentially both? Yeah. So they, they're the manufacturer. So they're the ones that get on the platform and invite all their suppliers. And just to touch on that, uh, it's really exciting about them because the products that they're working on. So they have uh, this really cool product that it's a rapid taste for cholera. You know, they're really changing the world with, with this product because right now to test cholera, it takes about two to five days to get results back. And when there's an outbreak anywhere in the world, it takes, it takes a long time really to solve those issues. They've developed a rapid kit for testing cholera. We are helping them lower those costs, manage their supply chain efficiently so that they can amplify what they're doing across the world. So it's really cool. Interesting how that, that works. So walk me through a little bit too, like what do, they, what do they do once they're in the platform? Like what's some of the common tools that they would use in there? Yeah, so uh, the platform helps you, first of all, develop your product. So you can get on there and if you have a product with many components inside, you can add those components so that you're not using Excel to manage it. So it gives you a structured place where you can, you can add all the information about that product, uh, all the specs. You can imagine every, every product is, has components in it and those components have spec sheets that are really distinct. You have to make sure that when you're communicating that to the supplier, they don't mess it up. We help with product development and then when they're ready, 
they can start writing for disorders on the platform. Again, unlike many ERP systems, you write a purchase order and you put in a PDF and send it through an email. Uh, with our system, you can write the purchase order right there and just submit it to the supplier. It's just a one click. You do not need to download anything. And then once the, the supplier receives that, that PO, they approve it and it goes into production. And we have capabilities of enabling the supplier to change status on where that product is on the factory floor. It just gives you unparalleled visibility of where your product is. And when it's ready to ship, we change that status to shipped. We can follow through those documents, uh, shipping documents. We can send those shipping documents to any other partners that you might have, like logistics partners. You really never have to lift a finger, unlike with using emails where you need to email shipping documents to your order. Uh, you need to notify your carrier to, to schedule a pickup or delivery. We are all about autonomy and building an autonomous supply chain. And that's our goal is really from the start all the way to the end uh, is a system that is full of automation to enable you to be efficient so that you can, you can lower those costs. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. It's, it seems like a, it's almost just every part of the manufacturing process from like the build to like when it's getting shipped, it's basically a way of making sure that that process goes smooth, unhitched basically. Yeah. That sounds, it's a SaaS based program as well, right? It's software as a service. Yes. It's software as a service and it's manufacturing and, and supply chain can really be scary, especially if for example, the people that are, have a great idea, they go on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, they raise, you know, 2 million, uh, 500,000. And then they're like, now what? Where do we move from? We have a really cool idea. How do we find these suppliers? And some of them, you know, have issues finding them and then writing POs. They have to go online and find the templates where they can write that PO. With our system, we are really helping. We're building a community of creators, of builders. We want, when you have an idea, we can help you bring that idea to life. That's really the cool part about what we are doing is we are helping the hardware startups uh, and the SMBs enjoy tools that, um, you know, large organizations uh, have been enjoying because they are, they are able to build them in-house. At the moment, are you focusing on any specific segments of manufacturing, uh, like bio or um, like software or anything specific, or is it kind of all over? Yeah, so uh, we are currently focusing on consumer goods uh, products that in terms of sector, we're going after home goods, consumer electronics and spring goods. We're still helping everyone else out there, but those are the initial targets for us. And we really like companies that are going direct to consumers. So the e-commerce um, companies, we can really help. That's really been our target so far. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And then I'm assuming that when you get new clients, they probably ask for specific things and you kind of just build those on your roadmap as time goes on. Yeah, and, and the interesting part uh, with CloudSight is that we did a lot of research before we started building. And mm -hmm. even during the period that we were building, we continued to do a lot of research. We were part of uh, Florida Atlantic University uh, Accelerator there. And as part of that, we were, we were immersed into a program that is called ICO, 
that is run by, it designed and run by the National Science Foundation. Hmm. And one of the things that the ICO program tells you is that forget everything that you have in your head about your product. Go out and interview at least 40 customers, 40 would be customers and understand whether there is any product for whatever you're thinking. Don't talk about the product, just go and ask if they have any need for such kind of thing. So instead of 40, we went ahead and did 120 customers. Wow. Because oh, that was fun. <laughs> and out of those 120 customers, we learned so much, so much. And I think it's a great thing because that was in the initial stages when we were designing the product. When we went forward with the rest of uh, product development, we had the needs of all these 120 customers uh, in mind. And so your question was, do we go ahead and design a feature when a customer asks for it? A lot of times, whatever the customer's paying is actually having a solution within the software because we interviewed from small to billion dollar companies mm. when we're developing this product. A lot of times, even if there's something that is unique that they really want, it's just an issue of adjusting one of our features to fit the need that they have. Because I don't think a lot of people probably do a thorough job of doing what you guys did. I think that's super neat. What kind of questions were you after when you were talking to them? Were you just trying to figure out what some of their pain was or like what, what were you kind of after? So the, the ICO process is, is very specific on what you need to ask. The first thing that you ask is, how is your day, for example? And they outline everything that maybe they do on a specific day. Then from that, the, they do on a specific day, you kind of know, would this be my ideal customer, yes or no? Uh, and if you interview another person within the same organization, you will be able to uh, identify whether that is a target person, that target persona that should be going after. And then other questions like, okay, do you experience any issues with this, for example? If you do experience any problems with this, what have you done about it? Mm -hmm. If you've not done anything about it, is it because the pain is not big enough? Is it because the solutions are not out there? Is it a problem of expenditure? Is it a problem that is, you know, adoption of new technology? Like you ask these questions in such a way that they give up their biggest challenges. And the questions are more like Larry King, right? You've listened to Larry King before. Mm -hmm. He asks a five-word five question, but the answer is a 10-minute answer. Mm. It's always open-ended questions to encourage the interviewee to tell you everything that is going on. From that information, you go and sit down and synthesize it and come up with a product that is a solution to the problem that the customer was speaking about. Mm, makes sense. And did you guys found that I, I'm assuming that a lot of the stuff that, there are comp uh, that the customers were telling you probably weren't available on the market, I'm assuming, or they might've been available, but at a much higher price, maybe for like larger organizations, or what are some of the learnings that you guys found from that uh, study? Yeah, so th that's a great question. And um, so we interviewed companies from small all the way to large organizations like Stanley Block and Decker. We found that 100% of all those companies were experiencing the, the issues that we were trying to solve, which was collaboration and unifying um, supply chain information. 
yeah, so that was exciting. Uh, we had already started building the platform, but it was very eye-opening. But they brought up other points or other issues that they were experiencing were able to build into the platform. So, and this was also during COVID. They were also experiencing other issues, risks. Every supply chain in America, you know, experienced a risk uh, during COVID. We were able to build features in our platform that can help companies really anticipate those risks and with the entire team. Collaboration tools in general are very useful right now, you know, like Slack and, and stuff like that. So it's nice that it's the tool that you guys are building is definitely going to be helping. Do you think it's helped more as a result of some of these staffs going remote as well? Yes. Yeah. And, and supply chain uh, has been remote because you're really working with global groups, global teams. You know, you have uh, your suppliers maybe in other parts of the world. It's kind of always been remote. Platform is really helping helping teams that way manage, bring, thing, bring everything uh, in one place uh, for the entire teams. Makes so. sense. How do you, how do you guys, uh, when you guys are onboarding a new client, how do you guys go about that? Do you guys just do like a training with them or is it like videos or how does that work? So, so our, our onboarding at CloudSite is very specific. Uh, I know a lot of companies, you know, they have their own sales processes and things like that. But again, we go back to the basics of discovery. The first thing that we do is sit down with a customer and identify whether they have they can find value in cloud site. And most of the customers that we are going after are hand-picked, highly selected fits for, uh, for cloud site. And so we walk them through what the solution is. We ask them what their problems are, what their challenges are, what is it that they've been struggling with. And once we determine that it is a good fit for us and a good fit for them, then we give them an account. Once we give them an account, they go ahead and they create an account. Once they've done that, we walk them through the platform bit by bit and make sure that they completely understand the features and the functions of uh, the different things that they can do on there. We don't just only do that, but we go ahead and onboard their suppliers as well so that by the time they have a fully set account, it is them and the, the team for the manufacturer and the team for the suppliers all on the same platform. And not just that, I know a lot of companies, uh, you know, do, do onboarding and it might take like, you know, weeks, sometimes months to integrate or things like that. This is something that we can, day, we can do in less than two hours, get their wow. supply on and get uh, them uh, using the platform right away. Wow. That's, that's fast. That's really, that's really quick. Some, some software programs will take a little bit longer to adopt. So you guys must've built it very intuitively, I'm assuming. One of the biggest differentiators at CloudSite is that this is a piece of software that is built entirely from the customer's perspective. And that is where the ICO process was really important in telling us what it is that the customer is really looking for. So one of the things that they told us is that, you know, some of the solutions that they were adopting were taking months to integrate into their system. So we took that into account and knew that the customer needed a shorter period of time to onboard onto CloudSite. That's why within a day you can set up and write purchase orders right away. Wow. What were some of the things you said that were taking a, a couple months? Some of the integrations? Is that what you'd mentioned? 
yes, integrations into into their own systems or even setting up the accounts themselves. So is um, Luke, is he the one that's introducing you guys? Are you guys all kind of working together to get clients? Yeah, so we are working together. We have uh, some areas where uh, we, we get together and uh, we identify, okay, you're going to take on uh, LinkedIn, then I'm going to take on uh, Instagram, then this other person was going to take on Twitter. And, and that's, that's how we've been able to manage uh, scouting for these companies and approaching them and creating those relationships, getting them on the call, uh, which we call the CloudSide Value Assessment Call, where we identify whether you have a problem and whether we can help you. We, we want to make sure that if you're a customer, we are helping. Uh, yeah, we don't want anyone to spend their money on CloudSite that is really not uh, helping them. And 100% uh, all these companies that we've, we've gotten them on the call, they like their product, they like what we are doing, we're building those partnerships. Sure. That, that makes total sense. What do you guys think about marketing? Are you guys, it sounded like you were using a combination of things like LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, I think that's all super cool. Is that kind of all the platforms you're, you guys are on at the moment? It, it's very interesting because, you know, being immigrants in the first place, we got into this country without any networks at all. Sure. Zero. No money, no networks, nothing. Impressive right. though. To, I mean, to you guys, I, that's, that's very hard to do. So I yeah, mean, honestly, that's amazing. No friends, nothing. <laughs> this country, like with the clothes that we're wearing, personally, I came here with $300 and I paid uh, a co-living place and uh, I ran out of money right away. Wow. <laughs> so I didn't have that network. Kennedy didn't have that network, sure. but it's been incredibly blessing to watch how many people are willing to speak with us at CloudSite? Sometimes you connect with somebody on LinkedIn and you're like, okay, uh, can I get on a call with you? There's something that I want to show you. They're like, yes, I want to see it. You're like, wow, they're really, really nice people. Mm -hmm. So your question is, how do we market? LinkedIn has been incredibly good to us as far as reaching out to people is concerned. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in, on Twitter too, Instagram, meetings, all sorts of places. And we are in a lot of Slack channels. And those are like a goldmine for us because you post one thing, somebody sees it, they pick on it, they get a meeting. And before you realize they are part of an accelerator somewhere else where they go and talk about CloudSite. And we've had that happen to three or four of the very initial customers, they got us our very next customer without even us making that effort. So that kind of organic growth has been really, really interesting to see. Yeah, I think word of mouth is huge, especially because I could tell that you guys are very thorough with your accounts that you guys are closing. It's like you want to make sure that you understand all the components. And even when you initially started the company, you did a lot of research beforehand. So I think that people are seeing that and they're, they're really liking you guys as the founders and the product. So I could see why that would definitely work. It is interesting too, because do you guys feel that the content should be different on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn? I, I was talking to Luke, your chief growth officer about this the other day, and I'm, I'm always trying to wrap my head around, like, should content look differently depending on which platform you're on? It has to be different uh, because uh, if you look, at LinkedIn, for example, and that's where I've spent a lot of my time 
the message that you send on LinkedIn, for example, is definitely going to be completely different than a message that you send on Twitter. The content of the message is the same. The length might be different. So that is a very key thing. You have to understand what it is, what kind of platform that you are on, because the mindset is really different. When somebody gets on LinkedIn or on Facebook, the, the content that they find there is not the same. You know, the content they find on Facebook is not the same content they expect to see on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So, so we have to think about that mindset of our customer being on that specific platform and tailor it towards that um, platform. So, for example, Kennedy is, is, is a big Twitter guy, less of a Twitter guy, more of a LinkedIn guy. And he, he always constantly gets people interested on, on Twitter just through the way he communicates the message for CloudSight. Oh, interesting. What does what like one of those messages look like on uh, Twitter that you post? Kennedy. Yeah, so uh, I just go for concise, uh, you know, a clear message on, first of all, you want to send the message to the right person. So uh, once I identify that person, I look at the company, the product, uh, what are, can we really solve their, their issues? I'll, I'll reach out with a very clear message. I don't necessarily, you know, beat around the bush. It's, I see that you've launched a great product, curious to know how you're running your supply chain if there's any issues or challenges that you're facing and how you're solving them. The idea is just to get them on a call to really discuss their supply chain and their manufacturing operations. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's cool. I think that's an interesting strategy. It makes sense too, especially when you have a product that you really believe in and that you yeah. you know that you could solve certain problems. Is there a lot of, uh, how much competition do you guys have in your space? Is it is it competitive within what you guys are specific space that you're in or there's not many players within your specific market with what you're going after so so that's that's a very interesting question that we get asked uh, all the time and it comes framed differently it's a lot of people asked ask us like okay there are huge big players for erps mm-hmm. are those your competitors that's how it comes in most cases sure and, and the answer to whether those ERP systems are our competitors is no. Why? Because CloudSight is taking, is challenging the status quo, right? ERPs are extremely good at connecting internal systems or internal uh, groups, finance, and um, maybe, you know, HR, everything can be connected as long as it is within the same company. And and this goes back like in the 1970s when manufacturing was being done by the companies themselves. So they didn't need to send out data outside. But now a lot of that has changed and a lot of companies are doing uh, their contracting, contracting manufacturing outside. So there is that need for the ERP or the companies that are using ERP to communicate with their suppliers or contract manufacturers. And that's where CloudSight really comes in. That is the niche that CloudSight fills. It is making sure that there is collaboration that is seamless between a company and their uh, contract manufacturers. If they're using an ERP, we go and augment them and we give them that capability 
to collaborate on the same platform with their suppliers. So they are not direct competitors to us. The other competitors that we see, most of them are going after a specific sector. So for example, logistics or just collaboration or purchase order management. And they do it extremely well. There are some companies out there that have really gone uh, just doing one small piece of the supply chain because you know that's their business model. That's a good business model to some, to some companies, but us, the way we think about the small and medium-sized manufacturers is that that fragmentation of software, having to use six or more software pieces is, is more challenging than being able to just create something like CloudSite, which encompasses all the features of all these other different companies. Mm. And so our clients see value in that. And, and the other thing is, the other biggest, the other big competitor actually is email and Excel sheets and Google sheets, mm. which is what most of these small and medium-sized companies are using. There's so much inefficiency that they can cut manual labor and costs by adopting CloudSide. So that, that is, we do have competitors out there, but we can differentiate ourselves extremely well. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. It sounds like status quo might be a competitor, I guess, people just doing nothing, which is pretty common in a yeah. lot of industries as well, right? Yeah, and then it gets too complex because managing like a bill of materials for something like even a mouse like this that has 50 components on it that are being changed every now and then because versions are changing and uh, suppliers are changing, it can get really complex. So the moment we show them what it is that we can do with CloudSight, they're like, wow, yeah, I'm going to dump my Excel sheet. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm all about using software anywhere I can. Actually, yeah. use one for um, our work here called uh, Salesloft, or not Salesloft. Uh, it's similar to Salesloft. Outreach.io. It's a sales mm-hmm. automation tool. I love all that stuff, all that process automation, and anything to make you more efficient and to not have to do kind of repetitive tasks. So I'm all about it. I'm sure that yeah. you guys have automated a lot of things. With what's some, what's some examples of things that you guys have automated um, in in the system that you guys were excited about? Yeah. So that that's. Um... That's, that's a great question. The automation that we're doing currently, you look at it from the ERP point of view, where as Dixon mentioned, the ERP is just built as a core platform. That's where you just, just entering information and data, uh, financial, it's really, an ERP is really a financial, a financial tool for accounting uh, and for finance. But that's where people enter uh, purchase orders as well. When you need to send that purchase order to the supplier, you're putting in a PDF and sending it. The supplier will, um, you know, uh, make changes to that PO, will tell you, for example, uh, a PO that was supposed to ship next week is going to ship in two months. Update quantity or update uh, shipping information. All the time when you get that update, you have to go into your ERP system and update the information manually you're kind of doing double work. So with CloudSight, we are automating that. The supplier on their side, they're able to change cases on uh, something that has been canceled, uh, you know, that has been, units have been changed, shipping dates have been changed, and that is pushed back into your ERP system. 
So you really don't need to update anything and everyone is on the same page. So yeah. that saves uh, teams a lot of time. That, yeah, that makes total sense. Do you guys use APIs for the form of communication? Yes, so yeah, we're using uh, APIs to connect with any existing system that you have that can uh, that has an API connect to it and really augment uh, the system. Very cool. And then what what is like the next five to 10 years look like for you guys? What are you guys envisioning for? <laughs> I mean, I know that's kind of crazy to think about that far in advance, but I mean, are you guys looking at yeah, trying to get yeah. funding or anything like that or, or what's next? <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, Dixon can talk about the funding. <laughs> So I wanna, I wanna go into why I'm excited about the next five years. Uh, and then Dixon will talk about funding. Sure. So it's really the, the circular shift that is happening in our economy today. And I'll mention four areas that are really excite me. To begin with is the policy change. Current administration talking about build back better. And that's because of especially what happened with COVID where we were caught off guard in America where companies were struggling with manufacturing. The really things like uh, swabs that they could not manufacture, the machines that were needed uh, by patients, companies couldn't produce them um, quick enough. So we are happy to be supporting that innovation. That's what is exciting because uh, with the funding we got from uh, National Science Foundation, we are able to help innovators in the US to really build back better and really build systems and products that can help them. And to policy, there's automation, right? And we discussed how our system is able to help automate your current processes in procurement and supply chain. The other thing is 5G. 5G is really, it's a massive digitization of everything, right? With all the mobile phones there that are 3G, they're all going to be upgraded eventually into 5G. So that upgrade cycle and everything being connected, cars being connected, uh, it's really exciting to be in manufacturing now and uh, be a part of the systems that are going to help bring efficiency so that people can see value in this 5G in automation. And then the last but not least is people care about the environment and people want to make sure that the environment is protected. And, and that's why we help companies, you know, reduce waste or eliminate waste um, where, um, where possible. And if we are able to automate some of the processes that you have, then you can put uh, people in better, in better tasks or tasks that, you know, can really propel the business forward. So that's really exciting. And that's why I'm so excited about the future and the next five years. And Dixon can talk about our funding. Very cool. <laughs> sounds good to me too, with, with the new administration and everything going on. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for you guys. It's, you're in a good place. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Dixon. Yeah, Jeremy, watch this space. That's what I can tell you, seriously. Because you know what? Today, the customer is in the driver's seat. And that is why you're seeing a lot of demand volatility and it becoming really hard to focus for products and fulfillment falling through. And that is exactly why you're seeing a lot of life cycle for products being much shorter because the customer is determining what it is that they really want and when they want it. So, that is pushing manufacturing capacity 
at the factory level and they are being pushed to the corner to increase their efficiency. As if that is not enough, we have another aspect of regulations and compliance, for example, that these manufacturers have to think about. This global competition, which is like crazy. Production, right now, what is going on in uh, what we used to call low-cost countries that we could outsource manufacturing to, those wages are going up. The margins for manufacturing are becoming thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner by the day. Mm. Customer expectations are extremely high. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I used to order something and I could wait for 10 days. Today, somebody orders something on Amazon and in the next hour, they want to check if it has shipped. Mm -hmm. So I see CloudSight playing a really central role in making sure that the manufacturer and their contract manufacturers and other suppliers are well connected and that is that process is efficient. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people hear about supply chain and they don't think too much about it. But what they don't realize is that the price that we pay for a product like this mouse, for example, sometimes 40% of that cost is going to supply chain costs. And if we can offer these companies efficiency of even 5%, 10%, that is billions of dollars that they can save and those savings can be passed on to us as customers. And that is something that we intend to have CloudSight playing a major role in it. That being said, what you'll see within the next four years with the push of uh, the new government and uh, what it is that they're trying to do to support manufacturing in the US is a plethora of new companies that are so innovative and are not willing to use inefficient old technologies but are going after the new technology and that with CloudSight. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. It sounds like you guys are an exciting place. What do you guys think? Are you guys going to end up doing anything with blockchain at some point too? Or what's your thoughts on blockchain for the supply chain industry? Is there a place for that as well? So, so blockchain is really interesting because of the kind of technology that it's being, the use cases that are out there right now. You know, cryptocurrency is one thing, but that is what most people think about when they think about blockchain. But the technology of blockchain, I see it playing an integral part sometimes, you know, in the near future because people are getting really concerned about where their products are coming from. And I'll give you a very good example. One of those is something like blood diamonds, right? Child labor forced labor, you know, people mining gold or um, minerals in some places and forcing kids to go ahead and, you know, do that work. People don't want to wear a ring which comes from, you know, blood diamond, for example. Mm -hmm. And that is where blockchain is going to serve that purpose in making sure that traceability is at the highest uh, level possible, being able to know, okay, I bought this ring from Sears, for example. Where did that metal come from? Who actually smelted it? Where did it get to me? How did it get to me? I see blockchain playing that role. So, so definitely that is a space that we're watching very, very carefully. 
And uh, we are integrating machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, and uh, probably blockchain somewhere down the road. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I, I could see now that you mentioned the traceability, that might be interesting for the, the cannabis industry as well because of all the, they need to track it from like the seed all the way up until, you know, the whole life cycle of that actual plant. But you guys said you're using machine learning right now as well. And do you guys use AI as, as part of your product or machine learning? We've started building that into the product as well. Very cool. Is that, is that stuff hard for the engineering team or is that something that, it seems like it's pretty pretty advanced stuff, right? Machine learning is basically math and physics, right? It's predictions. So it's like the tools are already out there. It's not, a, it's not, it's not hard to integrate it into uh, a piece of software because those are formula for predictions, for example, like if you're doing inventory forecasting or things like that, or you're telling the system that if you see bees, do that. So th mm -hmm. that's logic that can be easily built. With AI, it's a little bit more complex because that field is changing extremely fast. And so we definitely have to keep up with uh, the changes that are happening within the industry and the new standards that are being uh, churned out there. At the same time, one of the key things that we have paid attention to at CloudSite is that of security, data security, because that is a fundamental thing that every single person that is manufacturing cares about. Nobody wants to be hacked. Nobody wants their data out there. Mm -hmm. So we have paid uh, a lot of attention in uh, making sure that our product is extremely secure and that our customers don't have to worry about the security because we were already worried about it. Sure. What are some things that you guys have done to keep the product secure? Is it like using like a, <laughs> a certain, certain like AWS or something like that or just out of curiosity? <laughs> That's a secret, but anyway, <laughs> thing. we have one of our developers is one of the top security guys in the country. Oh, wow. And he's been working with uh, extremely sensitive, let me call them things. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> for, for some reason that I can't really speak about, sure. but but he made sure that our standards by the minute are the best that can be achieved within any system that is running software. Yeah, that's once you get talent like that, you got to keep them willing to stay because yes. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I think that that's cool. I mean, software talents, it's, it's hard to come by. So I, I think you guys are onto like a really cool thing. I mean, CloudSight sounds amazing I, I really appreciate the conversation you guys kennedy and dixon how do people uh find you if they want to reach out for like a demo or just connect with you what's the best way to connect yeah so we have our website cloudsite.com uh they can also reach us out um on any social media we have we are very visible anywhere uh on social media on twitter Kennedy Mutachi, Dixon Wambua, or Luke uh, Urencell. Yeah, in any social media, we can be reached. We are very responsive. So if you reach out to any of us, uh, you will hear back uh, the next 30 minutes or so. So uh, yeah, we're looking really forward to helping uh, anyone out there that is building a great product. We'll be able to reduce your cost. We'll be able to improve your productivity, really help you 
in your endeavor. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. Any last words for you, Dixon? Yeah, I, I, I never leave a conversation without uh, hearing uh, recommendations for books because I like giving recommendations for books myself. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's amazing. My recommendation would be Influence. That's one of my favorite books by uh, Robert Giordani. It's just all about just uh, influencing people and how, how influence works, the psychology of it. How about you? Oh, I don't even ask. <laughs> you know what, Jeremy? It's, if you're a genius, it's easy to be <laughs> by yourself. Sure. But it is so much easier if you use the knowledge that is already out there. So I'm going to give you my recommendations for books because everything that I care about stays near to me. The first book that I'm going to recommend to anybody who is starting a business is this one. It is How to Win Friends and Influence People. This is by Dale Carnegie. It's a very book. classic. It's a classic <laughs> book. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The second one is Success Built to Last. And this is by Jerry Stewart and Mark. I haven't read it yet. I just bought it actually just the other day. So this is my next read. One of the books that you really have to read if you want to build a, a, a great business is Blue, Blueprint to a Billion, right? This book is by David Thompson, really cool book. It's a, you have to have this one in your library, no question about it. There's another book that is called The Road Ahead. This one was written by Bill Gates when he was a young man. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, that is what is <laughs> I wanted to know what he was thinking when he was writing this book. Right? Absol absolutely. Yeah, that, that guy's a beast. <laughs> yeah, you can that's old book, right? <laughs> so I, I love that book, really love it. Then there's this one that says, just blow it up. I mean, what wouldn't you want to blow if you were a, like an entrepreneur, right? It's by Dixie. Very cool book. I, I just started reading this one too. The book that I think Everybody who wants to start a business must read this, this one. Have you read this book, uh, The Lean Startup? I have not. I think I've seen I've seen the cover of that, but I have not read it. I, I have an Audible account, so I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do look at it. Uh, it's by Eric Rice. It, it's a very good book, too. Then, of course, you know about GE and Jack. You've got to read this. <laughs> You know, I'm, in, I'm impressed. I got to say that that is a very impressive collection right there. How often yeah. do you read? Do you read every night or? Uh, I, I read like 30 minutes a day. Sometimes it's an audio book that I'm listening throughout the day. And, 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 and that's what I do. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Oh, yeah. I like that title, too. That's nice. I, I feel kind of inspired <laughs> looking at it. <laughs> yeah, this book. Oh man, my daughter read it and she was she was so happy. She fell in love with it. I mean, crushing it is, is a very good book. I mean, this guy is all over uh, LinkedIn all the time, right? And then the last one, of course, this this is a must read book. Like this is uh, Behind the Cloud by Mark Benioff, Salesforce, right? Mm. It, there's no oh, that guy, another guy post. that's yeah, that's changed the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so that, just uh, my, my collection right there. I keep it. I keep my collection always near, <laughs> near myself. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the show. I hope you found that as inspiring as I did. I wish Kennedy and Dixon much success in the future, and I'm sure they will be because they both 
are very uh, intelligent people and hope you enjoy. Thanks. Bye.